Denise Perone is a notorious communicator. Every day, she's got to hear that we're okay, when we get somewhere we're going, if we've eaten, what we're doing, if we got home okay. If she doesn't hear, she sends the four letters that she wields like a magic spell to make me respond promptly. Are you okay? That's the letter R, the letter U, and the letters OK. Her texting used to drive me crazy when I was younger. It still drives me crazy, to be honest, but I understand more since my own anxiety grew stronger as I've gotten older. The are you okay message triggers the worry in me that she's worried, which I want to squash right away because I know how my brain can catastrophize radio silence. I can see the thought process behind needing a response from a loved one to know for certain they didn't crash their car on the way home or are lying motionless on the floor. So when the texts go from good morning to are you okay, that's when I can't resist responding any longer. But seriously, sometimes I'm just not looking at my phone. For 20 years, all my mom has been is a mother. She never had many interests other than us. She didn't really have any hobbies or a big group of friends that she went out with every week. All she ever wanted to do was take care of us and have us with her, so you can imagine the past so many years have not been her favorite. I was at college, and then Julia went to college, and now during the school year, she only has one child left at home. I at least live 20 minutes away and visit once a week, if not more, but she essentially considers herself an empty nester even though Nina still has three years of high school to go. She's come to a terrible realization. We don't need quite as much from her as we once did. We're capable of taking care of ourselves to some degree. So... What does she do now? What do you do when all you want to be is a parent, but your children don't take up all of your time like they once did? She and I often have conversations about this, but it never really goes anywhere, and we end up with a lot of I don't knows. There's a question I never really asked because I felt like I knew the answer. I know the factual answer, but I don't really know the history behind it. How did she get here? At my age, I'm constantly thinking about where my life is going, what I want to do, and how to get there. What did she want at 23? Did she have dreams like mine? Is she satisfied with the way she spent the last 20 years, or does she wish she had done something more? She and I have very different perspectives on life and the way it should be lived, and the way we should think about how others choose to live their lives. She sees the world in strictly black and white. To me, everything is gray. She lives in a world of extremes. You don't need to, don't speak quietly, but don't scream. Like, don't whisper. <laughs> you can find the happy medium. I try. <laughs> this difference in perspective can make it difficult to have productive conversations with her on topics like this. My amorphous, impartial beliefs fall right out of her line of sight into the valley between her extremes. I figured at first I would gather some information about where she was headed as a young person and tiptoe into the questions of where she's going now. Hmm. I don't know. I think I just um, wanted to be taken care of by my mother. But I really didn't ever know what I wanted to do. I was just talking about this yesterday at Stinson. I said, that's why I don't have a career right now, because I never knew what I wanted to do. And then I realized what I wanted to do is to be a mother. And then I feel like the thing I'm good at is taking care of people. That's what I think I'm good at. But there was a certain point in my life I think it was probably when I was a late teenager to a very young adult, or probably in my teens, I thought I could help people that were having problems like, I don't know about drug addicts, but, 
you know, people who were having problems in their life. I, I found them interesting, I guess. Where did that come from? I, I really, I don't know. Probably um, seeing TV shows, but I, I really don't know. Did you ever take any steps towards doing something like that? No. No, I didn't. Why not? I, I don't know. Um, my father really just thought that I was going to marry well. <laughs> Meaning I didn't really need a career. That is what my father thought. And that was really crazy. I just fell into things. I just fell into a job. I just fell into things. I never, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I didn't have aspirations like you girls have now. And you're very lucky to have that. Well, so then why, why do you think that you didn't have aspirations, but we do? Where, like, where did that change? Because things are different now, and girls, I think, even have more opportunity now, nowadays. I don't like to say anything bad about my mom and dad, but they certainly didn't tell me that that was the direction mm -hmm. I was going to take. But I, I also didn't have that in me. So they didn't push you to go to college no. ever? no. No. And you, that was never even something you thought of doing? No, or? I no. the only thing I did, this is ridiculous, you may not even have ever heard this, I went to dealer school. To be clear, what she's talking about here is a class for becoming a dealer for card games at the casinos. And I was <laughs> horrible at it. <laughs> and I spent a lot of money and I went to it. All, all I did is meet these people who wanted to drink and do drugs. And then I went and tried to do an audition and I was horrible you have to audition for that yeah because it was a good job yeah it was a really good job but but led to very bad things what do you mean by bad things like just the life of drinking and drugs i'm sure i'm certain not there was nothing family about it very dangerous there's a lot of jobs that there's nothing family about like there's nothing family oriented there's nothing it, it, it was a single person's job. You, you don't understand it because you, well, you were never yeah. in the casino. Yeah, I know. And yeah. so it's not something you would ever want to know. It's bad. You also have a habit of labeling things good or bad. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. Okay, well, uh, okay. Back, back to then I guess that you could find some dealers... <laughs> not, not drug dealers. I'm not asking you to excuse some dealers. dealers who <laughs> actually had a family. There were some, just like some cocktail waitresses. Right. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere with this thread. Okay. I'm just trying to, as I always am, point out to you that the whole world exists in a gray area and not black and white. Do you not believe that? Do you think everything I don't know. is black? I really I have to think. I would have to really think about a lot of thoughts. And <laughs> I think that I do think in black and white. I think it's my Gemini. When you graduated high school, uh -huh. what did you do next? What was your plan? Oh, what did you well, do? I, my, I, my, my mother got me a job at um, Playboy. It was Playboy then. She got me an interview with somebody she knew in personnel. And they had an opening in Valley Parking in the office. Wasn't the brightest and best place to, to go or to be. Actually turned out to be so much fun. We did pay, I did payroll and we answered the phone 
and we dealt with the car jockeys. And they were the people who received people's cars as they came into valet park at the casino. And then they'd go park the car. It was fun. I mean, they're they're all all young people, almost almost all young people. But you didn't ever do. Did you drive? No. The, you didn't. No. Ever drive. No. <laughs> I didn't no. No. Think no. So. No. 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 But that's how I met Don. This is one of those points where my life experience completely diverges from my parents. I can't imagine meeting someone at my tender age of 23 and having that be the person I spend the rest of my life with, much less at 18. It's just not the kind of track I operate on. I also decidedly lack understanding of the world that they worked in at my age. Where we live now, some of the biggest employment hubs are institutions of repute, like universities and hospitals. I grew up knowing that my dad worked in casinos in Atlantic City, but so did everybody else's dad, and their moms. It was the lifeblood of our suburban shore towns, and its draining of resources and loss of life are also why we left and ended up in Virginia. So you were 18. Mm-hmm. And how old was he? When I first started working there, yeah, I was 18. He was 21. That's when casinos were booming, right? busy, wild. And, and it was a good, good job for the area. I mean, that's where everyone worked. Talk about the casino industry. There were players and, and good players and good players went to those gourmet restaurants, not because they could afford to, because they were being comped. That's how, that's what drove the casino industry. Right. Um, I mean, you had to have good gamblers. Right. You had to. And that's what also pulled the casino industry down to its knees because there were no players left. I probably stayed in that department for about a year. And then I went to work for um, room reservations. So I answered the phone and spoke to people. And I, I really didn't like people that I didn't like. And people would complain about me that I was rude. Why were you rude? That's like... Number one rule of talking on the phone right. to people you don't right. know. Just don't be rude. Uh, right. But I, if people bothered me, I guess I wasn't yeah, as nice. like Julia. <laughs> Julia's just like you. <laughs> I'm not good at hiding my feelings. No kidding. Okay. So there you go. I was never good at it. Dom was working there. I was, I, I think at that point went to work at Showboat mm-hmm. when they opened so then I worked at Showboat at the front desk when they opened, and then I worked at VIP Services, which was a heck of a great job for having no education, mm-hmm. you know, just a high school education. We had players galore, so all the good players from other casinos saw this new shiny bright object and all wanted to go there. We would see all these players that we used to see even from the other property. We were young girls at this VIP desk, and we would check in players and take care of the rooms, get whatever they wanted in the rooms. Um, there were also butlers that were dealing with them. We'd work with them and blah, blah, blah. There was everything was the player. Everything. We would get tips galore. I got a ring, a beautiful sapphire gold, sapphire and diamond ring. After I guess I got tired of that, then I uh, made my way to work for Herb Wolf. And he was the director of marketing. He was new. And my friend Lori used to work for him, but then she was getting a promotion. So then I got her job. 
once again, I really did not much. And then I ended up taking care of his children and not even going to work every day. <laughs> then I got married. And Daddy and I got married. I wanted to have children. I really wanted to have children. And I, was, I wasn't getting any younger. How old were you at this time? Uh, well, when Mama passed away, I was 26. So then two years later, we had you. I was not doing well after my mother passed away for oh, some time. I was just so sad, so sad. And so was Don, and um, so was my father. It was awful. So then I talked to my doctor, was saying, you know, how sad we were. And he said, there's no reason for you not to have a child. I Just so you're not trying to replace your mother with a child. So then we became pregnant with Allison within, I don't know, two months. And it was the most exciting thing. And we just were over the moon happy. And then we had her and just made sure she had a bubble around her and she did not get hurt. But then I had to go back to work. And that was also, ugh. Once again, there was nothing wrong with this job. It was a good job. It paid well. I did not want to be there. So I took off as much as I possibly could. Then, Showboat, unbeknownst to me, was going to be bought by Harris. They kept my boss on for a certain period of time. I was given the chance to depart, and I took it, flying away, happy, happy. You know, my, and then my father was like, oh, Denise, you cannot quit your job. You really? cannot. No, he didn't understand. He did not. He told me, and I will not forget this, he, he basically said, your mother is much better. Your mother was much better with money than you are. So he thought we spent too much, which was, it's always been true. I think it's just because of his upbringing. Yeah. Nobody, did anybody in your family go to college? Um, Like any of your cousins? My cousin, or? Lisa, went to a community college. And okay. Nothing. Really? No, yeah. I never. I guess I never really put they that. They all together. just went to work. But you have a very hard time with us going away. It was very difficult for you to send us away to college, even though we were never that far away. But it was hard for you to not have us living in your home anymore, and it because it, you didn't have that experience, and I don't think anybody who brought you up had that experience. See. You so all just stay now I home. realize I realize that now yes I'm seeing that because then when I got married I didn't leave the house till I got married right so I was 24 my father would come pick me he would have me get up Sunday morning at quarter of seven and he'd pick me up to go take my mother oh we take my we'd go to breakfast together and then we'd take my mother to work then he and I would go grocery shopping and he would buy my groceries. <laughs> Yes. That's nice. <laughs> so, I mean, do you see? Yeah, yeah. So he was just was still wanting to give yeah. me care, and he did not want me to be gone. Right. That's just like you. That I is didn't just realize like you. that. I did not realize that. <laughs> that. I see that now. I see that as being complete truth, and I never saw that before. It's funny how things that are clear as day to me can be so novel to her sometimes. And vice versa, of course. 
Some things that she knows as simply facts of her history are dots I never quite connected. Like the fact that, had her mother not passed away when she did, they might have had a child sooner. My birth was theoretically delayed by grief. All I ever really knew was that she died a few years before I was born. I never realized there was a fear that having a child might be an effort to fill the void left by my mum. At this point, we had to interrupt the conversation so my mom could go pick up my sister at school. I regret the place we had to break it up because I was about to transition from asking about where she came from to where she's going. And this topic makes her very uncomfortable. Not only that, but I don't feel I handled it in the way I intended to. It's hard to have a conversation with your mother objectively. Did you see yourself being a stay-at-home mom for the rest of your life? I didn't see anything all of it. But did you you never once then considered that your children would grow up? Not when they were young. You didn't think about that <laughs> at all. Like you didn't like think about the future and No, I did and I I really do now, especially because with Nina. You're here. Yes. I don't think I was that worried about it until till it came time for you to start thinking about college then yeah, that was a uh, an awakening, but that was also a very difficult time in right. our lives, which it made things a lot better, but that was a very strange time in our lives. Yeah, yeah. Because of our move from New yeah. Jersey. What did you see yourself doing when we moved here? I mean, I guess Julia and oh, Nina were both still in maybe, school. But... Maybe working for the business, then that just didn't work out. The business she's referring to is my uncle's robotics company, where my dad works. The problem is, I really, at this point in time, too, I just want something like 10 hours a week. I do not want to work in the summer. Okay, but why not? Uh, because I like my full time. Okay. I, do, I just don't want to work in the summer. Bottom line. But I like, do not want to work in the summer. But, like, you're an adult. Like, adults I work in the summer. don't care. I'm still a mommy right now. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to stay so, until Nina leaves. So when Nina leaves, you think you're going to, you'll be okay with working in the summer? I'm probably going to have to get a full-time, part-time job. A full-time, part-time job? Meaning all year round, part-time job. 20 hours. So here's your problem. You, and I think I have the same problem. You want a job, you want to be doing something, but you're highly selective and your parameters are very strict. Sure. Like, well, okay, so what is something you would want to be doing right now? That's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. I don't have an answer. Let's go back to the, the the thing that you said when you were in high school. There was like a little bit of time when you thought maybe you would want to do something where you help people. And you do. You love to help people, whether you're, you know, helping them to death or not. <laughs> but I mean, I could honestly, I think what would be good for me, good for my person, my soul, everything probably would be maybe helping some older people. So why don't you do that? Maybe I can, but that also, then that comes with, um, then you get, you know, used to somebody, attached to somebody, and then... Yeah, and that is hard. I think I would have yes. a hard time doing yeah. that too. But there's ways to f frame it in your mind to make it better. And I think that 
that's something that you might want to look into. That's possible. Do you have a dream entirely aside from your children? What do you want to be contributing to the world? Like, when I think about what I want to be doing with my life, I think about like, okay, yes, that would make me happy, but what's the point of doing it? If like, what am I doing for other people? Like, even if I'm just like telling stories that a couple of people hear and I like change their day for one minute. Do you, have you ever like thought no, about that? No, I've never thought about that, but I do, hearing it now, I do think possibly about helping helping others, helping older people. I mean, I see myself around older people a lot. Yeah, you're, you've got a lot of friends at the gym, it sounds like. Yes, I do see my, so I, so I see myself around all these older people that I am fine talking with. I don't feel like they're older and I'm younger. I just feel yeah. like it's fine. And I enjoy that. That's. But you know that like, like what do you think you would be doing like if, like if you got some kind of job working with older people you would probably do be doing more than just talking to them helping them like helping them try to stay young and fit and um and and eat right and so that sounds like a, a kind of like I don't want to say life coach but like not like life coach but like when I think like taking care of older people, I think of people who don't have like full range of capability anymore. So it would be maybe yeah, like, no, that would be too hard for me. Well, why? Like that? Uh, <laughs> I think the job that you're describing is just called being friends with older people. Like you don't get paid for that. <laughs> I don't know. I I I hear what you're saying. Um, Hmm. This is this is hard. You're giving me like hard questions and hard thoughts, <laughs> and I I don't have an answer. Like right. I've never really had an answer until I fall into something. Right. But you don't fall into things if you don't. No, you do. Maybe go out and do no, things. You possibly do. What do you mean? Like something, so, you, you're just expecting to fall into something. Something possibly comes to you. But things are more likely to come to you if you put yourself out there. Yes. Look, the bottom, I don't have a resume. I know, and the, yeah, yeah, I know. But you can still make one. Okay. Like, you can. It's not like people who are stay-at-home parents for 20 years can't get jobs anymore right. just because they can't fill out their resume. Right. I don't know. I probably am afraid to commit to something like that. Why? You what you want to be doing is still being a mother. But what you have to realize is that you, it's not as time intensive of a job as it once right. was. So you are a lot like you do have time to commit. You just don't want to necessarily. Right. Don't have to do something about this. Until Nina is like a senior. Okay. <laughs> but if something were to come to me between those times, which it possibly will, then I can do it. Yeah. I am open. It's not easy. No. 
Yeah. You know, like... Not even fun to talk about this. Well, no, it's not. It's just... I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to figure out... I know. ...where I go next and what my plan is for my life. Like, what kind of path I want to start myself on. And being at that point makes me think about where you guys thought you were going when you were my age. I mean... We were all about having fun when we were your age. Well, like... (gasps) No, we stopped at... I stopped... (laughs) I started to stop having fun. I mean, not stop having fun, but stop being irresponsible. Because we got, that at, at age 23, we had a house. We had a house that we were... It's rare to find my mom reluctant to speak. When I was asking about what she could do with her time now, I reached impasse after impasse. Then, somehow, she started telling the story of the behemoth oak tree that fell in the New Jersey house just before they moved in, and the words spilled out. I heard her slip back into the easy storytelling flow she was in earlier. The focus was off the future and back on the past. And this is where the conversation ended. It's not my place to tell her what to do. I know I have a hard time not taking on an adversarial role in conversations with her. It's just kind of our natural rhythm. She makes declarative observations, I try to challenge her with a different perspective, and sometimes she actually shrugs and says, yeah, I can see that. Sometimes she doesn't. Listening back, I realized we didn't go nearly as deep into this part as I thought we did, nor as deep as I wanted to. We basically had the same conversation we've had a million times in the past year. As I expect my family to be candid in these conversations, I need to say what I really feel or else it's pointless. I didn't at all accomplish what I wanted because as soon as we broached a subject that made her uncomfortable, I got uncomfortable too. I wish what I had said was that it's not too late for her to realize herself as an individual. She has so much time to spend on herself, to do things she has always wanted to do but hasn't, or to discover things she never knew she might be interested in. I wish I had told her that I want the future to be exciting to her the way it is to me, that it's not that I think she's not excited to watch us grow up, but I don't think she owns her own future. I wish I had said, you are always allowed to redefine yourself at any time, at any age, and claim your life as your own. You will never stop being a mother even if you decide to do something that has nothing to do with your identity as a mother. But I didn't say that. So I'm saying it now. Thanks for listening to the first full episode of Meet the Family. I want to thank my mother, Denise Perone, for participating and for supporting this project. The next episode will be up in two weeks on June 7th. To keep up with this show, follow us on Twitter at MeetTheFamPod or find us on Facebook as Meet the Family. This show lives on Backcamp, a new online creative collective. Visit backcamp.org to learn more and to see the other projects parked there. You can follow Backcamp on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all at Batcamp site. The music for this episode is made by Poddington Bear, and the songs used were The Gall, Window Shopping, and Kaleidoscope. Find more music by Poddington Bear at soundofpicture.com.